0: I'm back up here. We're we're
1: almost to the end of our our service, but we're not quite there yet. I just want to take...
0: And 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 to 4. And I can hear no rustling of pages, so I'll begin. Acts 2, verse 28 to 29 is... says, You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died... And was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. Romans 10 verse 1. Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. And 1 Timothy, versus, uh, 1 Timothy 2 verses 1 to 4. I urge then first of all that petitions, prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people. For kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God, our Saviour, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth.
1: Thank you so much, Grace. Good Good morning, everyone. There we are, we're on. Uh, I'm Etienne, and uh, yeah, if you're a visitor here with us, as Simon said, really great to have you, Uh, love having visitors, and um, I'd like to talk for the next 20 minutes or so, just about the next instalment of uh, our series that we are calling Organic Outreach, we're basing it on uh, this sort of, uh, this book. Although we're not sort of preaching the book uh, word for word, but really just guides our thinking about how do we share our faith? How do we, if you're a Christian, um, how do we extend and share the love of God with those in our lives who um, who don't believe in God? And today, as I said, is day two, and we'll do another four more after that. Now, I have never in my life built a house. I've destroyed a few, (laughs) and now my kids are helping me to destroy the current one that I live in, (laughs) but I've never actually built one. I've never actually, you know, gone through the process of building a house. I have, however, had friends who have gone through the process of building houses, and here's one thing that I picked from all of them. Uh, You know, there is an awful lot of work that goes into the process of building a house before anything has happened on the site where you intend to build your house. You know, uh, we've got to apply for permits, we've got to deal with, um, anyone working at a local council here? We've got to deal with the council. Um, we have to purchase land, we have to get financing, we have to see a draftsman, we have to draw up plans. we've got to do a stack of stuff before anything actually visibly changes in the place where we want to build our house. This morning's topic about evangelism and outreach is something similar. You know, we, 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 we're talking about how do we actually um, share our faith, live out and, and, and communicate and, and pass on the love of God to other people, and the truth is that before anything actually happens... Physically, in the act in the process of us doing that, there's a lot of pre-work. We can be very busy, very actively involved in the work of outreach long before and quite outside of us actually having done any physically with someone in their presence. That's the truth. And what is that thing? What is what is the work, the unseen work? It's prayer prayer is the cornerstone of all all effective outreach and I'm going to lift up two things today about prayer particularly prayer for unbelievers okay so prayer is a very vast subject we can talk about a lot of things with prayer we're talking about particularly praying for people who don't know God people whom we love whom we dearly would like to discover the goodness and greatness of God okay I'm going to talk about Praying for people, and then I'm going to talk about praying with people. Praying for people and praying with people. Let's start with praying for people. Few scripture verses that Grace read to us. I'll just whip through them very briefly again and just lift out how we see this so clearly uh, in God's Word. Paul. Paul is a, is a, is a Christian guy, a Christian leader. Uh, he sort of gets arrested uh, in a place called Jerusalem, and eventually, just before he gets uh, thrown into jail and flogged and all the rest of it, he tells his oppressors and persecutors, look, I'm a Roman citizen, and as a Roman citizen, he has the right to be transported to Rome to have a hearing and a trial before Caesar, and it's all big history uh, in the Bible. And on the journey, there's some guy who's not really sure what to do with Paul, whether he should send him on to Rome or not, and he gets advice from a king that sort of functions under the Romans. His name is Agrippa. Cool name, Agrippa. If you take the G out, it's a ripper. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. But you know, he says, look, I need some advice. I need some advice here in this process. And um, Agrippa comes, he says, let me listen to Paul. Let me Paul, tell me his story. And Paul tells him His life story about how he's encountered the love of God, how it's changed him, how it's made him a new person. And then, you know, at some point, this this king, Agrippa, really says, do you think that you can persuade me to be a Christian? And then Paul replies, he says, short time along, I pray to God that not only you, but that everyone will become a Christian. It's a bold statement, and and you love his guts, uh, but... Fundamentally, what is he saying? I pray. This is what I ask God. This is what I want God to do. I want God to move, not only you, but everyone, to become what I am, except for these chains. Chains, And when he says become what I am, he simply means someone who understands the love that God has for me in Jesus Christ. Again, This is Paul writing in a different part of the Bible. He says, what's my heart's desire? What do I want for my own people, my own friends? In his case, it's Israelites. What do I want for them most? My desire and my prayer is that they would be saved, that they would know Jesus. Again, Paul writes to another guy later on in the New Testament, to Timothy, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, thanksgiving be made for all people. It's clear. It's very clear that God wants us to pray. Pray for people who do not know Jesus. But how do we do that? What does that look like? What do we pray? What do we say? Where do we pray? Now, I want to get practical. I want to share some ideas with you. First three things I'm going to share is just some practical ideas, creative ideas of uh, how to structure some of our prayers for unbelieving friends, and then I'll talk about what we could say when we pray. Now, we could be praying for a place. I remember once visiting uh, a person who was sick in hospital, and I went with another friend. And towards the end of this time with this sick person, we prayed, and my friend who was with me, we obviously prayed for our sick friend, and we, we really asked God to restore... Uh, his health, uh, and to comfort him, and to be there with him. And then at some point, as we were praying, this friend just started to pray, pray for the hospital that he was in. He said, I want to pray for the staff here. I want to pray for the doctors. I want to pray for those who are burdened here. I want to pray for God's peace, and freedom, and joy, and health, and restoration to break out in this place. I don't know where you work. I don't know where you go to school. I don't know where you go to uni. Nor do I even know what you think of the place, the people where you work, right? What your attitude is towards them. What their attitude is towards you. But, but can I throw it out there? Can I ask you to consider spending time if you pray? Uh, pray for that place. Pray for that person who dislikes you and whom you dislike, pray for that group, pray for your neighbour, pray for your street, (laughs) just tie some of your prayers to to a place, wherever that is and whatever that is, praying in a place, praying in a set time. There's a trick that uh, comes up in the book that that, that one person, I think it was Lee Strobel or one other Christian author said, he says to himself, I pray at." For one person, for one minute, at 1pm a day. Alarm clock. One o'clock goes off, maybe when you have lunch. One minute, one person, every day. Just pray. Short, sweet. I don't know if one o'clock works for you, can be any time, but set a time intentionally to pray for unbelieving friends. Thirdly, praying for workers. I want to read the scripture verse out to you. Some of you may know it, some of you may not. Jesus says to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. The harvest are unbelieving people who will place their faith in God, who will come and understand how good God is, who will be drawn to him, right? That's the harvest. It's plentiful, Jesus says, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. You know what's a sobering reality of this text? The issue is not with the harvest. It's not with the harvest. I grow a veggie patch at home. It's, uh, if you can call it that. But I try. I try to grow a few veggies at home and I can't tell you to my utter shame the amount of times where I have been too busy or too lazy or just didn't care to read up enough about how a certain vegetable plant works and I get to the plant at some point, my veggies have gone rotten because I haven't picked them when they were ready. They've gone off. And, you know, I just stand there sometimes and I think, you know, this is such a great illustration of this Matthew verse. The issue is not with my vegetables. They've grown. They're there. But they, they, they're not on my plate and we're not eating them because I didn't go and get them. <laughs> I just didn't go and harvest them. And, and we spoke last week about, you know, the gap that exists between uh, sharing our faith and, and how we feel about sharing our faith and we'll keep dealing with that as the series goes along. But the point here is simply that, you know, God wants us to get to a point where we, we know how to pick veggies. And we love picking veggies. And it excites us to pick veggies. And, and we're going we're gonna to check the gardens and be out there. One way to do that is to say here, we're talking about prayer, right? Very interesting. Jesus isn't saying, go and kick all the Christians up the but, and tell them that they're bad Christians unless they share their faith. No, what does he say? He say, ask God. Ask God to raise up more workers. Ask God to inspire, to stir, to fill the workers, to pick the veggies. Up here on stage is a little creation of mine. It's my prediction of the average winter temperatures in, in Tasmania. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be hot. This winter most of the time (laughs) no it's not it's 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 called the one degree rule and here's how it works I'd like each of us to think and if you're in a small group you're going to talk about it in your small group and get to share if you're not in a small group think about sharing just in your family or just in your journal if you write a journal think about what we can call your outreach temperature your evangelistic outreach temperature. On this end of the scale, we've got, you know, pretty, pretty cold. He's saying, look, I don't even I don't even think about non-Christian people at all. Let alone pray for them. Uh, I don't really personally know any people who don't believe in Jesus. I never really spend any time with people who aren't believers in Jesus. Now that's sort of very, very Far on that scale. I, I, the, the, I don't think there'd be many people who are that far on the scale, but you may well be in your own estimation. Only you will know really where you're at. Number 10, uh, on the other extreme, is saying, you know, I pray every day specific prayers for people in my life who do not know Jesus. You know, I, I, I talk and have a, a spiritual conversation about God one way or another a few times a week. I am regularly in contact. Uh, serving and loving people who do not know Jesus in my life. Notice, I'm not saying I've led so many people to Christ every week. For a person to come to faith is the work of God. Our work is to sow the seed, scatter seed, plant seed, nurture seed. That's our job. God's job to germinate and grow those seeds, okay? But this person says, I plant a lot of seed every week, every month. I'm pretty hot. And then in between, you know, we get the whole... The whole scale, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Think about where you'd put yourself in terms of sharing the love of God, sharing, talking about God, praying for people on this scale. And then here is the application pray and ask that God would raise your outreach temperature by one degree. Just one degree. You know, it's unrealistic to think that. If I put myself at a three, that by the end of this series I'm going to be a ten. We feel daunted. We feel overwhelmed. We feel overburdened. We may even feel guilty. We spoke about that last week. None of that's necessary. God is not a God like that. He he just, maybe for the rest of this year, seeks to raise you from a a three to a four. You know, I'm actually praying sometimes for unbelieving friends. You know, I've actually... I've started to intentionally hang out with some people who who do not know Jesus and I've started to love them and serve them. You know, you may be seven or an eight. I hang out with people a lot who aren't Christians. I've got solid relationships with them, great trust. You know, I've actually, we'll talk about it in a sec. I've actually, after a meaningful conversation, asked one of them to pray, to talk to God. Whatever it is, you, you work it out. And simply pray, God, can you take me one degree? Make me into a worker who is useful to bring in the harvest. More useful at the end of this year than what I was at the end of last year. And so on, and so on, and so on. Keep praying that. Keep asking that. You will knock yourself out. You won't recognise yourself in a few years if this is how we live, okay? Pray for workers. So that's when we can pray. Uh, What we can pray for, we can pray for workers. Two other things about how we can pray. Uh, We had a prayer series a while back, and I gave you two uh, ways of praying. That's praying in general. We're now talking about praying for unbelieving people. I'll briefly recap this. I share with you tracing prayers. Often we don't know what to say when we pray. How about you look at some Bible pieces? Read the verse. Shape the words of the verse into a prayer. Take, for example, Romans 10 verse 1, we read it this morning. Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer for God is that the Israelites may be saved. Jesus, it is my heart's desire for my son to meet you and be saved. Free her. Well, That's a problem, isn't it? (laughs) Free him. Well, God, it's for my daughter to meet you and be saved. Free her from her feelings of unworthiness. Free her from her burden of guilt. Free her. Free her from everything in her life that is not as whole as you intend for it to be. It is my heart's desire, it is my prayer that this person will be saved. You see, the tracing dots are there in Romans ten verse one. You just you just direct them right to who you're praying for. Very simple. The other way that we shared was I call it freehand prayers, you know, in, in the artistic world, it's just a blank canvas very simple you may go into your prayer time and simply say Lord I really struggle with my boss what should I pray for him I don't feel like praying for him you call me too what do you want for him how do you see him Lord you know how I love my mum I want so much for her to encounter you and know your joy know your freedom but, but what needs to happen for that what should I pray for What do you intend and want for her? You sit quietly. Just watch what comes up in your thoughts, in your mind. You'll be surprised. You'll be pleasantly surprised. The Holy Spirit is there. He's with you. He speaks English. You'll get things. And when you get them, you pray them. And when you get given things to do, you do them. If you get given texts to send, you send them. you get given notes of encouragement to write, you write them, right? Bank on him. Simply ask, Lord, what should I pray? I don't know what to pray for this person. What should I pray? Simple as that. All right. Let me move on. We spoke about praying for people. And now I want to move on to a close. I'm almost done. I want to talk about what does it look like to pray with people I'm not sure if this is kind of counting to say I'm praying with people it's really the first of two things I'll share is praying for people in their presence consider praying for someone who does not know Jesus while you're with them obviously you need to have a good relationship of trust with a person to do that Obviously, if you're going to do that, it needs to be appropriate. But consider a, a trusted friend has shared with you a deep hurt, deep struggle. Could it be in that time and place appropriate for you to say, may I just say a short prayer for you? Make it short, make it simple, make it specific. Pray it in the name of Jesus. I'm not saying you must do this. I don't see a clear instruction in the Bible that says this is what we must do as Christians. But I also don't see that it is a bad idea. I also don't think that we're forbidden to do that. 9.9 out of 10 times a person who knows that you love and trust them is going to take the chance for you to pray for them. They will. And if they don't, that's okay too. So firstly, consider praying for someone while you're with them, even if they don't believe in Jesus. And then secondly, um, here's here's another step up. Now that's, that's kind of if we're a little bit higher up the ladder, if you like. Consider praying. This is one of the greatest moments we can possibly reach, I think, in our relationships with unbelieving friends, and that's when we invite them to talk to God themselves. Let your imagination run here. Imagine what would happen if people were to cry out to God and seek his face even before they received the grace of Jesus. Do you think God will listen? What are the chances that God may actually respond to that person's prayer? If a person doubts that God is real, can we simply ask them, what do you think of asking God to reveal to you that he's real? You ask him. God, I don't know if you're real, but if you're out there, will you please show yourself to me? If a person doubts that God loves her, but might be willing to ask him, why not ask that person to pray, God, if you're out there and you love me, may I feel the warmth of your love. Do you think God's going to answer that? <laughs> he is. He will. They have a need and they're open to present you to God. The prayer is simply, God, if you're real and if you're powerful and loving, will you provide for me? If you're here today and you have never prayed to God in your life, but you're willing to give it a shot, can I invite you to do that? Whatever it is that you want to say or ask, right or wrong, just say it. Just talk to him and see and wait. He may well talk back to you. Okay, let's finish up by going back to the beginning. We said prayer is a cornerstone of all outreach. I'm hoping and I'm praying that each of us will grow in our desire to want to build a house. We want to have a house, we've got to want to build a house. Spoke about that last week. And then I ask that each of us will grow in our desire to do the work that is necessary before we lay the first brick. That we would pray, pray, pray. Pray that God would raise our evangelistic outreach temperature. Pray faithfully for our children, for our parents, for our friends. Whatever their needs are, pray that God would provide them. Pray that God would bless their marriages. Pray that God would heal their diseases. Pray that God would restore their brokenness. Pray, 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 pray especially for those who don't know Jesus that they may be bound up and set free in the name of Jesus. Unless we do the hard work of praying, everything that follows in a certain sense <laughs> will fall short. So pathway, let's pray. Actually, we're not going to pray now. <laughs> Ryan, can you come on up? I'm going to finish this uh, service off somewhat differently. Ryan's going to come up. We haven't had our congregational prayer yet. Uh, Ryan's going to do that now and in a sense just lead us in a, in a certain sense in a response to the message. Over to you, mate.